tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. It's time for our educational conversations and we're going to be talking right now to Professor Slindi Lengubane, who's the head of the Open Distance Learning Research Unit at the University of South Africa, UNISA. A-teamers, please join us as uh, we have this discussion. We are talking about, you know, the hard uh, reality and the difficulties faced by students with disabilities to be able to navigate the online learning platforms. Yes, they are convenient for many people, but they don't come without their woes. And I think some of them are even bigger than those which are faced by people who don't have disabilities. So call in on 011714 or WhatsApp 0614104107. A very good evening to you, Professor Slindi Lenguban. Good evening, Patricia. How are you? Excellent. I'm really glad that you have joined us. Thank you for the opportunity. So I'm glad on on, on a a personal note as well. Prof, (laughs) schools opened this week, right? And with COVID-19 and everything else that is happening, and the third wave, yes, the curve is flattening, the school my children go to said, no, we're doing 100% on line learning note network is a issue data is absolutely expensive <laughs> um and and once you connect your child then you are asking yourself next because now the teacher the child can't hear the teacher the teacher is dropping because she has a bad line or he has a bad line and the child is it's it's, it's difficult so I can't imagine the difficulties that students who have disabilities are facing right now. Yeah, 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 Patricia, it's it's really bad, and it's sad that uh, you know because we've compat is it compartmentalized uh, you know our, our services. The government has not thought at the level of uh, sort of like giving a relief to the parents and all students to say, okay, fine, we are going to make data affordable for everyone instead of each and every institution trying to negotiate with the network providers and all that. Actually, from my point of view, data is supposed to be a basic right now, you see. So it gets worse with uh, students with disabilities uh, because uh, in most cases at the universities, they have special disability units that support them uh, to ensure that whatever learning materials that are provided are then converted to alternative formats like Braille for those with visual impairment or, you know, for those that uh, maybe have a hearing impairment then they provide captions and all that. Now, when uh, there is lockdowns, uh, then it creates a barrier for these students because they can't reach out to these specific disability units. Now, the question for all of us is, how do we actually make sure that we do not respond to the symptoms, but we solve the problem from the source? And that's why it's important in this particular uh, you know, piece that uh, we are talking about. We were talking about how do we then ensure that the, the teachers are also trained? Because unfortunately, most of our teachers were trained in the old sort of didactics uh, move where you are taught how to teach on the blackboard and those teachers will upgrade to masters and PhDs and they become lecturers at universities. So they do not actually have the the know-how of how to teach online. So therefore, we're saying how then do we make sure that from the onset, the the teaching 
a sort of like teacher training or uh, any kind of uh, professional development for lecturers actually attends to how do you teach online for specific, I mean, for students with disabilities also. Professor, you know, when we talk uh, disability, we, we are talking about a variation, different mm. disabilities. Mm. So one may be able to utilize Braille and the software there. Mm. Um, another one may be impaired to use the hands. Mm. So how do they then access, you know, the online platforms without having you know, assistance, because at the end of the day, if you're going online and there's an impairment that hinders you from being able to access it, it becomes different from having yourself wheeled into a lecture hall or wheeled into a classroom to attend a class. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the the thing is, this particular issue is, is very sad because it also sort of heightens the inequalities. If, if someone, let's say they don't have hands, within our universities will have the disability center that will have specific gadgets that will allow, allow that student to, to actually either use their chin as, as their input or whatever other part of the body that works. Now, in the case of students that are, you know, like from affluent families, they'll afford those kind of assistive devices at home and they'll set it up for the student and the student therefore will study with, uh, you know, through distance education. Uh, and that is why, why UNISA is always the university of choice for students with disabilities because then you get a chance to study anywhere and any, you know, and, and at any place and any time. Now, for these particular students that uh, cannot afford these expensive gadgets, they are then limited when there's lockdowns because they can't reach the university in order to access those particular devices. And within our university also, we even lend those particular devices out. Now, the interesting thing was that because there was no postal services, there was no, you know, Korea at first because of, the, you know, fear of, uh, you know, touching these things and, you know, social distancing. So people could not lend these particular uh, 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 gadgets, which then further, uh, you know, discriminated uh, the students with disabilities. So you'll find that most of them will tell you that, um, you know, they, they, they had maybe to defer or they didn't write certain exams because they didn't get a chance to learn. So the big question then is that how do we make sure that we, we take a lesson out of this to say, how do we improve our teaching and learning provisions in such a way that it actually, you know, passes through all these particular barriers that we saw when, when there were lockdowns? Specifically, again, as I say, for different disabilities. I'll give you another uh, uh, example. Uh, let's say someone uh, is doing a, a science course because we have students that are, are actually in the science campus in Florida and they've been going in whether they are on a wheelchair or whatever disability they, are, they, they have. Now, all of a sudden, there's social distancing, you can't come in with your caregiver because you have someone that assists you. Now, it just, it messes up the whole arrangement because when you book in the system to go in and access the lab, it's you alone. You cannot then bring somebody else because it, you know, it sort of like makes chances or it makes the chances of what spreading the disease higher. So now in this case, there's no consideration to say, 
for me as a person on a wheelchair or any other disability, this person is part of me. He's not a second person. He is actually one because I need him to be able to access the lab. So you'll find that students that are in the science, uh, science campus faced a lot of uh, complications because, you know, the people that had to uh, you know, facilitate this kind of access didn't understand that why is it you want to come with another person when other students are coming on their own, you know. So you can see how all these um, particular barriers would affect a student with a disability more than other students. It's a sad reality that we live in, Prof, a real mm-hmm. sad reality. And mm-hmm. um, many South Africans don't understand the the grave impact that COVID-19 has had on, um, you know, people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. We, we look at what we are facing as yes. people without disabilities, but mm-hmm. it's, it's exasperated for those who have disabilities. I want to call on our A-teamers. I want to ask, have you as an A-teamer listening right now, experienced either firsthand as a person with disabilities or a person in your community with disabilities being, you know, afforded the opportunity to be able to access things in our communities right now within this COVID environment. I mean, I'm talking about the online learning that we are facing, uh, equality when it comes to education, and also looking at the landscape from, yes, we are talking about tertiary education, but the landscape from primary school, up until high school, I mean, what is it looking like in your community? Please call in on zero one one seven one four two double zero six. Also, you can uh, WhatsApp on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven or SMS four one three nine one. You know, Prof, how do we fix these? How do we ensure that every um, a department that has to admit a person with disabilities, whether it's a primary school, a high school, a university, is able to have the correct infrastructure from online learning all the way to, you know, ramps or uh, allowing uh, assistance who are needed by people with disabilities to come into labs, like you have mentioned. How do we ensure that this is done and, um, you know, uh, w- we are able to see equality for all? Um, you know, when you look, there is a, what is called the universal design uh, for, 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 for learning. And all that is about how do you make sure that you actually consider diverse uh, needs of learners from the onset. So when you are designing a school, you are thinking, you are not just thinking that all these people will be able to walk in, but you're already thinking that some might be on crutches, some of them might be on a wheelchair or some of them, you know, different uh, means of doing that. So you need to consider actually from the onset that there are other people that are different in the society. So unfortunately, because we, we are all sort of uh, in quotes, I would say, thinking that, you know, people are normal. And I'm using that word in quotes because I don't know what is normal and abnormal when it comes to human beings. We are all differently abled, and therefore we must be thinking that actually this is needed. And the, the nicest thing about this is that all these particular uh, sort of like provisions or, or you know, uh, enablers, they actually help even, let's say you have an accident as a principal or as a VC at the university, you are also able to come in into the very same environment because, you, you know, it, you were thought of at, at the design phase. So unfortunately, our society only 
thinks, you know, of how to solve the problem later. Oh, no. Sorry, uh, we have a learner that is, is blind. How then do we make sure that they, they can learn within our class? No. Think of it from the beginning. And then secondly, Patricia, it's important that we talk to the people with disabilities themselves because, remember, it's nothing about us without us. They have their lived experience. So it does not hurt that schools and other learning institutions should actually invite people with disabilities when they are designing study materials to say, okay, how do we do this in such a way that it can include everyone? So once we do that, you'll see everyone will feel like, you know what, they were part of the process. And then thirdly, we have a problem as a country that most companies, including universities, have very few staff, uh, academic staff with disabilities and support staff with disabilities. As I stand here, I will tell you that for me, inclusion means that we should actually vigilantly hunt and recruit people with disabilities with the relevant skills so that they come in and influence how things are done. So if you have 100% of staff, Let's have about 30 that have disabilities with different skills so that in each and every department within the university, there's someone with a disability who's actually, actually part of the academics, not just coming to, to represent, you know, how people want to be politically correct. So they'll bring someone to come and make photocopies. We should be including people with disabilities at all levels, including the executive management of the universities. Let's take a bit of a break. We'll be back, A-team, as we are talking to Professor Cindy Le Ngubane, who's the head of the Open Distance Learning Research Unit at UNISA, about the online learning and how it can be hard for students with disabilities, how we can help, how the education sector can be all-inclusive. I'd love to hear from you on 011-714-2006. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614 104 107. Hi, Patricia Zimboso here. Um, you know, the issue that you're actually touching on is quite important because a couple of years back while I was in university, I, was, I got worried since uh, my peers who were actually disabled did not have anyone who was co- accompanying them to a campus uh, lab. And it was worrying because they had to go on their own. Some of them had eye impairment and had to go all through the trauma of passing obstacles and everywhere. I think maybe in some universities, maybe it's taken care of, but most universities I know of don't. And people have to go through all these very worrying areas without of them seeing them, without actually having any having anyone being there for making sure they are safe, you know. So, yeah, it's quite, you know, I don't think enough is being done here. No. Sure, here's a concerned A-teamer who's observed his own colleagues who have um, uh, disabilities having a tough time in universities. So, Professor Ngubane, what is it that could be a solution to this? Thank you, thank you so much. You know what 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 I'm happy about here is that I hear a fellow student being concerned about uh, you know their their peer and 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 their safety. And the reality is that 
the, the issue of disability is actually about social construction of disability. So once we start having fellow students worrying about their peers to say, how, how do they get to a lecture hall? Or how do they, like in an in what online environment, are you able to submit, um, you know, and all that? I'm happy because it says we are getting to a level where we care about each other and we want to make sure that we run together. So if you look at, at other communities, like when we, con we, when we, we conducted research, people with disabilities would have a problem where other people are scared of them. You know, you've heard of the cases like in, the, in countries like Tanzania where, you know, people with albinism are killed because they are thought to be a lucky charm. So we, we, we need as a community to understand that people with disabilities are people, are just people like us, and we reach out to them. You'll be surprised at how much <laughs> they are fun to be with and how much you learn from them because, my goodness, they have so many, like they have versatile skills. So let's reach out to them and see how we can assist each other to actually, when you get into a university, just identify one person and say, that's my peer, and then you work together and make sure that you complete the degree together. So peer support is very, very important when you are at a university because you know very well the first thing that kills people is isolation. Mm. and lack of support. Mm. Let's go to this voice note. Mm. Hi, Patricia. My name is Anod Matewul. Um, I'm a student living with disability, an activist, by the way. I should be honest with you. Um, I've dropped out from the University of Venda due to being victimized, fighting for the same issues which are talking about the online learning, accommodation, provisions, equality on policies and everything. I had to drop out, out of the University of Venda because of I was labeled as a problem child to the institution. And I tried talking to Diet, human rights and everyone. No one is willing to help. It's painful. It hurts. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. Professor, my heart is just broken into a million different pieces. That, I mean, how can you call a person who's trying to get equal rights in an education institution that is a public education institutions they want to access the building they want to access online facilities but they're told they're a problem child and no one wants to help i first uh, patricia i must oh. say i'm i'm so sorry arnold um really i'm sorry because this is exactly why we are doing this work because um Students with disabilities are equal and they have a right to education like all students. Now, it becomes a problem when our own institutions do not have an understanding of how to cater for a student with disabilities to the extent where the student drops out. Mm. So, Patricia, it's, it's something that some people say I'm also a troublemaker when I say this. In other countries, you go to the UK, US, when we, when we now visited those countries to see how they deal with such cases of discrimination. Believe me, in those countries, any kind of discrimination to a person with disabilities, it goes straight for litigation because you are 
it's, it's you are taking away that person's right. Professor, but, because of time, I want us to be able to get Mustafa. But before we go yes, there, how can yeah. we help Arnold? Can you do anything? Can uh, you be can, able to channel something yes. for him? Uh, can, well, after the after this uh, particular uh, thing, can you give him my number? I'll, let's talk. Let's see what you can do. All right, we'll definitely do that. Ben will WhatsApp him his uh, your Thank number you. and he'll contact you. Let me go to Mustafa. Mustafa, good evening, Atima. Please keep it short and sweet for us because uh, we need to go to the news shortly. Okay. Good evening, Patricia. Good evening to to Miss Stindile uh, and the ATM uh, viewers. Eh? Yeah, I just go straight to the point of Patricia. I'm a student living with disability who has albinism, who's mm. also visually impaired. Also. Mm. Uh, I'm currently uh, learning at Mfolo Retreat College in, 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 in KZ10. Yeah, I was um, doing transport and logistics uh, level four. I actually finished last year, but the module that I'm, I'm fixing that I couldn't pass from last year, from level four. I, I'm, I'm talking from experience. I'm, I'm, I, I got experience in 2017 when I tried to, to apply for a, a, a space at the Bafolosi College in Islam, whereby they rejected me when I wanted to, to, to finish off my matric, because I couldn't finish my matric in 2007, hmm. and I lost my sight from high school. Then I couldn't finish my, my, my matric due to alpinism complications. So I, I had to finish my matric so at the TVH level. But for the city college, it rejected me saying that they never enrolled, they never cater for students living with disabilities before. I had to relocate, I had to go back, I had to go to cater then. I should compliment them for the civil college for giving us an opportunity to, to cater for us. Thank you, Thank you for not giving up, Mustafa, and thank you for continuing the education. Um, but I'm going to have to cut you there. Professor Ngubane, uh, you know, Mustafa is going through what a lot of other people are going through. What will be done? Um, you know, people with disabilities actually and their families, they, they need to be more vigilant. There's what we call self-advocacy. So uh, please... I, I, I'm very sorry that you have to go through all this, but reach out to different organizations. I, I'm, I'm offering, reach out to me. Let's see how we can actually make more noise so that you actually get somewhere. Uh, you know, with a few that have we've spoken to, we'll try to make sure that they get somewhere. And the aim is to make sure that at the end of the day, they graduate and live sustainable lives. Thank you so much, Patricia, and the listeners for this engagement. Thank you very much for joining us, Doc. I'm hoping that we'll have some good news in the near future and um, students with disabilities will be able to see equality in South African education landscape. Thank you. Thank you so much. A-teamers, it's exactly 11 o'clock on the dot. Uh, in fact, it's just moved one minute past. And uh, it's time for us to go and uh, listen to the final bulletin of the day with Mudupi Makhalimela. Mudupi, hola.